Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, hey, ma'am. Hiya. Can you hear the chips in my mouth? I can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Sorry to all the listeners. So do you want me to talk a little bit? (laughs) No, it's fine. We can continue. (laughs) How are you, ma'am? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, I've spent the week trying to adjust to a new schedule of my life mm-hmm. and also binge watching RuPaul's Drag Race and RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty much my fashion story, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Fab. So have you watched RuPaul before? I'm guessing you have. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. But I Having spent- a rerun. No, I, I'd stopped watching it after season 10 and so I was a bit behind and I was just ah. like, right, I'm just going to catch up. So I think I banged out about th- two or three series of that. And then I moved on to the All-Stars. I love So All I'm Stars. on the most, I'm like up to date on both now. Do you know what I mean? hmm Because there's also two current series. There's one, a US one being released weekly on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And then there's That's also the, one the UK one. And now I don't know if you've ever watched the UK one. No, but that's when I finish All Stars, you I will be moving on to the UK. To. Season one of the UK UK Drag Race is brilliant because it's is it? everything you love about Drag Race with a British sense of humour. That's really good because I was worried the quality might be a bit lower. Yeah, I, like like I don't know loads about the drag scene in this like in London or in this country, so mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was like not as thriving as in the US. Yeah, or um, I thought it would be, like, more tongue-in-cheek, rough around the edges. No, Because you know how, like, good. American production is, like, always a bit more glamorous yeah. and stuff. But, yeah, it's it's good. It's okay. good. I highly recommend. I mean, and the, the standard these queens get up to is, like, mm. ridiculous. The it's way, insane. Like, especially you can definitely see it over the series, like, their makeup is just phenomenal. Yeah. Like the outfits get like more and more like just every like the everything. Like they can all like kind of do the splits now. <laughs> like I there's know. just this so, level that like it keeps being surpassed. It's insane. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was thinking about for this fashion um story is that We've spoken about how shit we think some of these like fashion competition shows are. But what's great about Drag Race is that most of these these queens can sew and create garments Mm -hmm. which are amazing. Okay, it's nothing you're going to go down the high street in or it's not for everyday living. 
but they can create these fantasy or fantastical outfits in like a day and they look impeccable and oh my god just the standard of fashion looks Mm -hmm. attention to detail references to pop culture and past eras is incredible yeah for sure and like so it's almost like project runway meets america's next top model meets like a dancing sort of i don't know singing competition like it is just it all rolled into one but with such good humor and like the drag scene is serious but they have such a light-hearted approach as well mm-hmm. and also like they're making clothes for a body shape that's not their own mm-hmm. and I don't know if like that just fascinates like because there's one thing of like knowing the shape of your body mm-hmm. but like they can choose bigger boobs if they want they can yeah. choose their padding for that day oh my god I didn't even think of how so I'm like that how does work. that work I, I, guess, I guess you they have... just choose a silhouette and stick with it but yeah and also you have busts don't you that you work yeah. off of and you can pull them in and expand them out and things but yeah you are right like for a body that is ever changing even more so than the re- regular, like regular woman. woman's body <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like some of the the contestants choose that, you know, oh, I want to be flat chested one week on the runway on the main stage. And then the next week they are like busty, thick thighs, saving lives, big booties and like tits and arse and everything. (laughs) It's just amazing. And it's such tough competition. Like I could never, I couldn't, like I'd be out the first week. The goals, they have a lot to do. And I think it's another thing to like add on top of all the other like contestant programs. They have to be funny and really quick witted. Mm, Like that's mm -hmm. actually one of like the most important things. Yeah. Is their humor and how much they can give it out and take it and all of that stuff. You have to be so well rounded. Mm. And not only that, I think it's one of the last examples of a competition reality tv show that doesn't rely on a sob story like a lot of these like um like queens do have tragic stories in their past but not necessarily all of them Mm -hmm. and it's not reliant on that anyway we could talk about yeah no that's true like there isn't that little x factor sort of Mm. before the audition like sob story to kind of like get you in you like the queens and then it sort of maybe gets revealed later on like that they've had some hardships and it's Mm -hmm. like it doesn't let them be defined by that yeah and it's if they choose to share that share that yeah yeah I love drag race anyway it's it's just amazing I absolutely absolutely love RuPaul as well and his relationship with Michelle's visage I just think Michelle Visage, her looks are amazing. She's got like, she's got such looks. And you know what? She can make fun of herself. And oh Mm. my God, what is the guy's name? Carson Cressley. No. Matthew. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's Carson Cressley. Is Is it Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, dude? Blonde one. No. Matthews. I love him. Yeah. Like beyond belief. I love him. He's so cute. Yeah. His suits are always just so amazing. His hair has always got like I like 
it must be trimmed every day. Like he's like that length always. Yeah, he's like an eight-year-old boy. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I just love him so much. Oh, uh, yeah, he's yeah. Fab. He's anyway, fab. what is your fashion story? So my fashion story is I had no idea that this film was coming out, mm. but um, Kristen Stewart is due to play Princess Di. Kristen Stewart's that Twilight girl who just mm-hmm. always looks like she's got a bad smell under her nose. <laughs> like, crack a smile. Actually, I'm not going to say that because I hate when people, especially men, go, so you should smile more. Why don't you no, smile? She does look miserable. But she's kind of just like, she's made a career for herself of just pulling faces in films. I think you um, do need to, and we're not coming from a sexist position, but like, you do need to enjoy life. And I don't think she does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, but it's also like have a range. Um, but so she, <laughs> as an so, actress, definitely. So she's playing Princess Di, and I have a few feelings about that. A, she's not British. So, <gasps> yeah, she isn't. You know what? I forget that. So I'm going to be really interested to see how she pulls that off. The accent. Yeah. And like, the girl who did it on The Crown really recently mm. smashed it. Mm. But she's so, British. Yeah, of course. But like the photo that they've released for this film of Kristen playing Diana, A, I thought it was the girl from The Crown who also looks so much like Diana and we'll post it on our Instagram. But it's mm. spooky. It's eerie because I would never say that Kristen Stewart looks like Diana. And I am forever amazed how they transform an actor to become a character that you would never actually think they look like. And it's only really subtly, like even on um, The Theory of Everything, how they made Eddie Redmayne. Oh, that's brilliant. But like, actually, he looks nothing like Stephen Hawking, but like just small, Mm. subtle, like I'm, I just love. You know what? I think it depends on the role because Eddie Redmayne, he played a part he played a um not character but a person who's incredibly famous Mm. but we really know him in his later years we recognize the image of him as an older man and for most of that film he played um Hawkins in his younger years so we don't really have much reference of that all we can really play to or recognize is that he played having um his condition brilliantly oh um but then like with princess die it's different because we all remember and we're not that old but we all remember mm. princess die in her like peak and, and we know what she looked like on the internet to be found exactly like, and you're coming i went in a little princess die like dive through like mm, yeah. a month or so ago so like the interviews are there to be found so i guess that helps emulate but Americans are notoriously bad at This could go, this is not necessarily going to be a success. And like, actually, who, what's her name? Naomi Watts. Do you know who mm-hmm. that is? Yeah, yeah. He played Princess Di in a film and she was okay. Mm. But like, this is like a national treasure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah. also coming off the back of The Crown, which as a show is mm. incredibly popular, and then having a successful representation of, yeah. hands down, one of our most fashion 
yeah. forward royals, beloved royals, um, coming off a really successful representation of Princess Di. I mean, will people have time for Christian Stewart's representation? I, I don't, don't know. know. And like you said, they've got to nail the fashion because the crown, the crown did a really good job. Mm. And Princess Di's fashion, and especially like, I think I follow an account on Instagram that is like Princess Di, like the comeback. Yeah, I think a lot of those popped up. I used to get suggested those. And I'd be like, oh, look at like It was like like, all like the revenge looks or whatever it is of like fashion post Charles. And it's fab. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. And also, I think logistically we're gonna have uh, the new season of the crown coming out in some point next mm. year i assume and it's going to be diana in her later years when yeah. really she became like fashion icon in parallel with christian stewart's film i'm assuming yeah it always seems to go that way though doesn't it that sort of like a topic seems to kind of be favored by the it's like in the, vogue yeah mm. of what's yeah exactly in vogue we interrupt this broadcast to remind you go follow us on instagram starloversubstancepod shoot us an email starloversubstancepeak at gmail.com find us on youtube find us on twitter we've got all the links on our instagram you know what to do so diana and talking sort of of fashion icons for the royal family is sort of a bit similar to what we're talking about oh today. yeah it is yeah it is um and we are discussing political fashion mm-hmm. or really fashion in politics um mainly inspired from inauguration day yeah um which was like two weeks ago now mm-hmm. but the looks from that are still right right in my mind right in your frontal lobe they, I mean, a special mention has to go to Michelle. And then, hang on, I'm going to get this girl's name right. The Poet Laureate. Um, her name is Amanda Gorman. Oh. Mm, yeah, that was a good one. The yellow and the red. Mm-hmm. And the white shirt. Yeah. And yeah. just the fact that she smashed it anyway, but she just, and she had a, um, I think it was like a bedazzled red face mask. And there was a lot of face mask coordination and I respected that effort. Yeah, but you know what? I will say there wasn't enough face mask no. coordination. And we got so a-, a lot of cheap black ones. Yeah. And I just thought, really? Yeah. I think Michelle wore a black one. I don't think she yeah. wore a cusp, but I don't no. think it was the cheap, like, I think there was a lot of like, you know, the blue medical ones that float around. Mm. There's a black version of that. And yeah, a lot of yeah. those were on show. I think hers was maybe material, but. Dr. Biden, really, she she did her thing when it came to oh. the suit mask coordination. 
And she, I respect she that. looked great. And actually, I was looking back, obviously, in preparation for this episode on like past first lady looks. And Melania, the four years prior, wore like a Tiffany blue. And so I yes, would Yes, she did. I would have actually maybe shone away from or like shied away from that color wearing blue because even though it was a deeper like teal I would have shied away from that so that was quite an interesting color choice that she made there but she looked really beautiful yeah I think okay before we go into like the broader topic I think that had she worn a different colour, I think Dr. Biden would have been compared to previous first ladies regardless, because I think later on, um, I don't know if it was like at the church service or later on in the day or the day before, because there were a lot of kind of Mm -hmm. looks going on across those two days. Um, She wore this wrap coat, which was this deep purple. Yeah. And she was compared to Jackie Onassis, Jackie Kennedy on her husband's election day when he actually got yeah. won the vote and she wore um a purple coat and in my opinion there is no correlation between the it's two it's just looks. the color <laughs> it is just the color yeah so i think in the sphere of politics and fashion as it pertains to women because really and truly it never really revolves around the men but for the sake of today's episode in regards to the women I think that your your fashion, whether you want it to be or not, is always going to be a topic of discussion. Yeah. And I think you just fall victim to succumbing to, okay, I have to look good and I have to wear something that either says something or makes me look amazing. Um, yeah, I think you're just going to get compared to other women who have come before you when you're the first lady. And especially when you're like the first black slash South Asian slash Caribbean vice president. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And also, I just think, unfortunately, that's kind of what happens to women. We get compared to one another and especially put under a microscope in that sense of like you know you're either too fashion like sort of forward like there's like there's a real um line you've got to hit I think in politics and especially in American politics I think in this country we tend to be less bogged down by stuff like that like I was looking at some old photos of Theresa May and I know Mm. she was quite into her fashion Mm -hmm. But I would never sort of like put her on the level of the outfits and that kind of a presentation. I think think you've brought up such an important point because, okay. We're so much more about the politics in this country. No, but but it's so easy to say that, but we're not because, okay, Theresa May was a prime minister. So was Margaret Thatcher and they wore their thing and whatever. Mm. And we can comment on that. But what we do in this country is we focus on the royals. Yeah, that's true. Head of state. And we have to remember that the president of the United States is the head of state and the head of government and the head of the armed forces. Mm -hmm. And the queen and her lineage. And actually. Parallel with the president. And we focus so much on Kate Middleton, Meghan Markle, um, Kate Middleton's sister's butt at the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) And 
everyone who comes before and after them. That's so true. And maybe we should do another episode on royal fashion. Yeah. Because first of all, little Miss Queenie can pull off every colour under the sun. I want to like a chart of like oh, what yeah. she wears every colour mm-hmm. in the rainbow. No. That reminds me of something else you actually said. Um in that about drawing this thin line between being political and about your fashion, mm-hmm. but also being good looking. And I think that in most cases, I would just be like, girl, where were you on aware? People are going to talk about how you look regardless. You regardless for sure. But the thing is that's so specific about politics, especially when we do talk about American politics, is that it's the cult of the pulse, the, sorry, the cult of the personality in America. And your personality as a politician carries so much. And the semantics of what you wear is so important. I don't know if you remember sure. this, but when it was a Abi- Bida, um, I was going to combine <laughs> Obama and Biden for a second. Well, they were together, so. They were. Okay, a Biden administration. <laughs> and Barack wore a cream suit and people went apeshit, especially Republicans. They were like, how can you wear a cream? <laughs> cream suits in the summer? Revolutionary. <laughs> I know. I think, you know what? And that's a difficult thing of like, it's like... I'm a huge fan of the Obamas, but equally, I know that there's a lot of, not backlash, but like Obama didn't achieve what he set out to achieve in a lot of respects. Like mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. had he had much higher hopes for the, the healthcare he wanted to do. And mm-hmm. he actually had a lot of like, he, there was a recession and financial trouble. There were other things to combat that kind of, yeah stood in his way of achieving everything he wanted so you could say like that's a real negative to his presidency mm-hmm. but the likable factor of that man and Michelle yeah far like like say what like I don't even care I a because I'm not American but like mm-hmm. um as people as role models they did a lot for the country so that's so true with what you said um and yeah, and it's funny that um, actually the takeaway from Biden's inauguration, mm-hmm. um, A, I didn't really get a single photo on my Instagram feed of Biden himself. No. I got Kamala Harris because she made history with being the first female mm-hmm. and her different um, ethnicities, like you said, be like as a whole becoming mm-hmm. a really powerful statement for diversity and women in Mm -hmm. American government there was a lot of pictures of Amanda Mm -hmm. um, and primarily Bernie (laughs) oh god yeah (laughs) so like actually the takeaway was not we have a new president in this world it Mm. was this is like the clickable clickbait or what stood out on telly yeah and I think yeah you're right in that I didn't get any Biden on my timeline either um and that was a thought I had uh in preparing for this episode was that fashion can be when it wants to be 
very political and we'll kind of go into that a bit more yeah but it's also an excuse for us to ignore the politics mm-hmm. and ignore the person and what they stand for and we can focus on the trivial which can also be fashion it can be very trivial it doesn't really matter in the grand scope of things but it can play both sides and I think that that's what that's fashion's purpose when we come to talking about the first lady okay they aren't an elected official and they, you know, they redecorate the like rose garden in the White House every four years or whatever. Um, and they have like campaigns and I'm not knocking them for people, but they're not political figures. No, they are, let's say they're statesmen in that sense that we can just talk about their fashion because it's it's a nice distraction from the heavier topics and and. Yeah, I think that's kind of why people focus so much on clothing sometimes. It's, it's it's a way for people to enter politics or think about it, but not really, really have to think about it too tough. Yeah, it definitely makes sort of, you don't have to be political to enjoy the fashion around the women in it. I, I'm mainly talking about women because men's suits are men's suits in this like I wouldn't necessarily say that there are many suits where I'd be like oh that's a really nice fitted like well tailored suit where I'm like you've got that going on for you Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and it is ultimately about women and I don't know if that's actually like a cultural problem but I also super enjoy it like I actually love admiring it's not like, and it tends to not criticize. It is normally look at how nice the first lady looks. Mm-hmm. It tends to be like that. I mean, they've got a team of stylists and all of that. Um, and actually, I'm going to say, especially following the looks that were around on inauguration day, that one of the huge trends at the moment that we keep seeing is like a mono like a monotone or like a one color outfit Mm, yeah and politics has had that for a really long time yeah and actually like that's quite interesting because we saw a lot of that on inauguration day but actually when I've looked back in like past photos and things like that Mm -hmm. it's a fail safe way to look smart and to really put together and they and these women have been doing that for much longer than like our everyday style kind of has I would say yeah a hundred percent I think that um back onto your previous point about men and their suits and how they're all just you know bog standard I think if you think back to even a few years ago when we saw men on like going to the Oscars and Mm. going to award shows they just used to wear bog standard suits and it's only recently how we've seen men in like the music industry and things like try to be a bit more daring with their fashion and push the boat out and who knows in 10 15 20 years I don't know maybe men in politics I mean I'm not even talking about outlandish things they could wear like a herring jacket or a herringbone (laughs) suit or do you know what they're still yeah. very traditional options but I think they just shy away from that they don't want to get judged on what sort of fabric they wear um and 
yeah so I think that's that's something but in regards to um women's suits and just wearing like this one color yeah you're right you can really easily look so smart mm. and put together and polished um when you do that I want to talk about Melania Trump a little bit <laughs> yeah I, so one of my first feelings about Melania Trump I actually looked back on her fashion and she dressed so nicely and I know she didn't have lots of state occasions. She kind of really didn't, that I'm aware of, too much yeah. as a first lady. And mm. like, good for her. I hope she's filing for divorce as we speak. But she mm, yeah. also <laughs> looks really nice because she's a beautiful lady. Mm. She's got a lovely little petite figure that lends itself to basically being a coat hanger for any outfit. Mm -hmm. Um, But she had a really classy, classic, a lot of the time quite Jackie O inspired Mm. fashion. And her like Leavers Day, last day outfit, Mm. she, she looked beautiful. And actually her inauguration day outfit when Trump came in was stunning. Yeah. The blue one. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's the thing, because as you mentioned before, there are a lot of designers who did not want to participate in the Trump administration, Mm -hmm. did not want to design or style Melania because they just did not agree with the policies. And I respect that. Yeah. I think that as a whole, don't get me wrong, there are... It's not across the board, but the fashion industry presents itself as quite liberal and quite Democrat leaning mm-hmm. in the American sense. And um, and so, yeah, that Melania Trump was just almost like bad press. It would just give your label bad press. Yeah. I don't agree with her husband's politics on any shape or form. And I think that she's complicit in it. Having said that, I think she was the best dressed and I used to she see her stuff looked. and be like I would wear that if I mm-hmm. had somewhere to go I would wear that it was modern yeah but she always looked smart and I think that when you think about like Hillary Clinton and you think about Michelle Obama they looked good they look good I'm not saying they don't but it was like an old ladies mm. version whereas Melania was when always, you see yeah. um, Michelle's look from Obama's initial inauguration yeah, that was like light years ago. It it looks very nineties, <laughs> and it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite like the picture of the two of them because they look so young. They actually look straight out of like an, a nineties photo, and um, because it's the color that she's wearing, and I'm sure at the time it was quite like maybe a, a good color to wear, mm, but mm. it was like this kind of very muted olive green sort of color, and actually what she wore a few weeks ago was like 10 times more sensational yeah and I I know fashion evolves like don't get me wrong Mm. like I don't stand by my fashion choices from like 12 or like how long would it have been uh it was about four 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 years ago Mm because it's four yeah it's like I don't stand by that so like good for Mm. her but 
you're right, Melania had a very modern... A, I think she's young, but so was Michelle. Yeah. Um, but everything was a bit more, like, tight on Melania. Do you get that? And she used to yeah. wear these, like, Louboutins every day. <laughs> so I think, yeah, Michelle was much more, like, her heels were a more respectable, I'm wearing these all day size. And also she's tall. And she's her husband's really not, tall. Yeah. And she's quite, like... She's maybe more pear-shaped as well. And like, mm-hmm. she always used to sort of dress with like a pantsuit or something that kind of maybe didn't cling to her hips or her legs. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like Melania is just like like a UK size six up and down, I'm sure. Mm. Um, she was wearing jeans to the helicopter. Yeah. Blazers. Like she she didn't feel any way about pulling out her MS bag. Yeah. And I think that is um, important to remember that Michelle Obama came into the White House as the first black family. Yeah, there was a lot America. more judgment for her, and yeah. she made a lot of conscious decisions to like completely wear American designers. Mm-hmm. But also, a huge problem we do have in the fashion industry, and I hundred percent think we should talk about this in a different episode because I actually saw. Blake Lively was posting something on her Instagram about Mm -hmm. fashion looks she wore just after giving birth, like when she was returning a bit to work, but still had some baby weight. Blake? Yeah, and sample size is just not an attainable size or like, Mm. you know, fashion houses don't have something for you unless you're a certain size. Mm. And, you know, so then that means someone like Michelle Obama she's a really tall lady she's got a mm-hmm. great figure but that's not the figure that's a sample size it's not a conventional shape so then yeah. you've got to buy you can't lo- be loaned things mm. and you've got to buy and invest in things whereas like I know there was a difficulty with Melania for sure because people did not necessarily want to be seen endorsing mm-hmm. that but she would like she it had Trump had different politics, yeah. The things she could have worn and the yeah. fact that she's had limitations and still looked that good. I really take my hat off to her stylist or her or whoever mm-hmm. is sort of behind it for sure. Yeah, I think with Michelle, what we saw is that she left the White House, they laid low for a bit, you know, circa Obama on that speedboat doing like water gliding and whatnot in Hawaii they had a break then they announced they were ha- they were writing books and when she yeah. went on her book tour oh. that was her coming of age oh my god that I was her it. moment she was no longer like attached to the White House or even really attached to her husband yeah and then her coming back to the White House on this inauguration day oh. for her personal friend Biden yeah but also her and George Bush love each other. I know. Yeah. I didn't realise that they're seat partners. I don't know what George Bush has done, but he's done the most... He, does he have a spin doctor or something? Because George Bush left the White House like the most hated man of America yeah. and came back as like, oh, it's just George. He just it's paints. George. It's George. <laughs> yeah, but she that was her moment to come back into the White House and be like, no, I have to like pull out all the stops and look amazing but she also didn't like try and steal attention it was still like you know there's also a problem of like it wasn't a look at me outfit like had she walked out in like what, what Lady Gaga, wore Scarpelli <laughs> no but like even what JLo wore like her Chanel mm. outfit was amazing 
But had Michelle have worn that, I think mm. there would have been like a trying to outdo Kamala I and agree. Dr. Biden. A, J-Lo looked great. And you mentioned Gaga, <laughs> her little like kind of Hunger Games-esque dress. I actually like the outfit. I'm a fan of Scarpelli though. And I thought it was beautiful, but it's she not her party. <laughs> yeah, she looked really good. But you know what? I would rather you say it with your dress than when J-Lo did some self-promo. Okay, can you tell me what happened? Because I, if I'm <laughs> honest, I avoided watching anything from the actual day. I, I saw a lot of photos and stuff, but I heard J-Lo kind of embarrassed herself. What happened? Well, I mean, there were a lot of memes afterwards, but like, A, first of all, in the least rude way to J-Lo... Now, she's a funny choice for singing or performing at an inauguration because no shade to J-Lo, but she's not known for her singing, okay? <laughs> like, she's, mm. like, it's it's kind of a whole package with J-Lo. She's a great performer. She has some great tunes. Mm-hmm. But if you want, like, a voice, wouldn't necessarily. I mean, some her. of her biggest hits have, like, Christina Milian singing and other people singing, like Ashanti, singing all her songs. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, But, like, so she was chosen or she sang that song. This land is your land. This land is my land. It's it's like a little American. Sounds like a children's. Yeah, it's very much a children's rhyme. But it's like, I think it's like a song about um, the, like, maybe post civil war i think it's kind of like okay kind of a vibe of you know very thanksgiving type thing very thanksgiving okay Uh, i think children perform it at like thanksgiving pageants or shows or whatever so she performed that and sort of like after a little bit she then just did a little interlude of let's get loud (laughs) And I literally died. Oh my God. First of all, this is not the Super Bowl halftime show. Was the crowd getting loud though? No, there was no really (laughs) real crowd because there's COVID going on. There was like, I actually felt really sorry for Biden in that respect that he kind of got robbed of a proper party. But like, Mm. I mean, I mean, he's done this before. And also, like, it's the least important part of it all. Mm, Um, Yeah. But yes, yeah, so basically J-Lo just did a little let's get loud riff in the middle of this like Thanksgiving song. And I found it was hilarious. It became like a real meme of like, she's always self-promoting. <laughs> oh, yeah. But her Chanel look was great. Um, uh, I think I think she looked great. Yeah. You know when there's a difference between would I wear the outfit? No, but does oh, she yeah. look good in she it? She looked good. Yeah. And it was also kind of like it was sophisticated and it was kind of right for the occasion. Um yeah. And um I don't really feel any way about what Hillary wore. Or um even what's her name? Thingy Bush. Oh, what's her name? Um, Barbara Bush. No, no, no. That's <laughs> his mom. Not. Um, um, Laura. Me, Laura. Laura Bush. You're right. Um, yeah, I didn't feel any way about what they wore. Yeah. Was, remind me, Hillary must have been wearing trousers. Oh, for sure. Um, and so on the mention of Hillary, 
I do want to ask you your favorite sort of past or even current first lady and fashion choices. Okay. But I have noticed this thing with Hillary in my research and we'll like the amount of photos we'll be posting guys this week on Instagram um, will be plentiful. So you can tell us <laughs> and you can maybe vote for your favorite like first lady yeah. fashion wise. But Hillary loves a high neck. Like, what, like a high neck shirt? Like a she top. does not like deviate past like a round neck like there's no v-neck with her no she, she loves a polo and actually she had a polo neck on but like even for when she was younger and bill was president mm. she was always rocking a polo <laughs> like, you know th- that reminds me of me because i don't like v-necks on me oh i don't think v-necks are flattering on many people no, i think v- um, you have to have like good boobies I think, but i also think v-necks. you have to have quite small boobs because no because I have small boobs and trust me it's like nothing going on like when you have a (laughs) v-neck I've got like a v-neck t-shirt on and yeah because you can do that because no it doesn't look nice I look really like it's not the right I think with a v-neck it needs to be the right cut of v like there's a lot more can kind of potentially go wrong and yeah too busty or not Mm. busty enough see I think a crew neck is my friend and Mm -hmm. I think it helps to balance out my proportions and whatnot it's like it's the science of a top isn't it the science of a t-shirt but um and don't get me wrong I totally understand why she would cover up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there's like I don't even know if she's particularly busty but like she's definitely curvy but she's like quite short you and... can't go wrong with covering up like you mm. can't be shamed or oh is that a bit revealing or like mm-hmm. there can't be that but also like when she was a bit younger like she had a, she a still has a great figure for yeah. a lady of her age and she's kind of short and curvy and she has a really good figure she loves a pantsuit mm. um but yeah she just kind of always covered up and I kind of I wonder if she's got like a complex about her decolletage. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Hillary knows what suits her, what she's comfortable in. She has been in politics for a very long time, regardless of your position on her politics and her as a person. Mm-hmm. But she worked in Obama's administration as head of, uh, not head of state, um, something of state. You know, Secretary thing. of State. <laughs> yeah. I'm currently um, listening to his book. And um, she has just been in this, you know, she, she's had a high powered job for a very long time. And yeah. I think that, you know, when we talk about Steve Jobs of the world and his polo neck and he only ever wear black because he had other more important things to think about I do think that you get to a stage in life where you're like I'm just gonna have the same thing in multiple colors um in multiple iterations but pretty much the same thing to make it easy for me to get dressed in the morning Mm. and I don't have to think about it and I know I'll always look good and I think that that's been Hillary's approach because she does that she does that as you say like the pants trouser suit that's that's a very monochromatic isn't it yeah she's always dressed very monochromatic um very fashion forward hillary good for you but yes but she's definitely not um my favorite first lady in fashion who who would be yours (gasps) um oh my god (laughs) why did i not think of this um 
okay hold on I've made a list of people let me think let me think let me or woman in fashion doesn't have to be American first lady it could be anybody on the political scene do you want me to go first yeah you go because this is such a difficult question (laughs) um I think mine is Jackie O only because Mm -hmm. I just love the era that she also became first lady. I love 60s fashion. Mm, And I love that actually she was very involved in designing what she wore. And I think it's, it's had a lasting impression. Like you said before, Mm. Um, Dr. Biden got compared to her um, and Melania's inauguration day for Trump. She got compared to her. Like Jackie O is definitely like the one, not the one to be, but she is, she sets the precedent. She of... was really young at the time. She was really mm-hmm. beautiful. She was like, A, in her own right, very much like a Michelle. She had like a, a fan base on her own right, mm-hmm. not, off, not because of being like her husband's wife. Mm-hmm. It was because she was a fashion icon. She was young and beautiful. Sorts. And yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think, I think her. I will say there's not loads of sort of back catalogue photos. Like obviously compared to now, we get a photo of them every single day of their lives. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of time for for Jackie O. Yeah, I, I, I completely understand that. And I think that I also enjoy the nostalgia of fashion as well. So mm. she gets brownie points extra for that. Um Oh, I really don't know. Honestly, I think I might have to get back to you on that one. It's well, so and then I, I would say a close second for me, for sure, is Michelle. Mm. I think that she just kind of broke a few barriers of not wearing just the typical first lady stuff. You know, like a Laura Bush and a few before that just kind of probably just wore very ladylike, you know stereotypical things and Michelle always looked really feminine but she did wear like some wide leg trousers from time to time and like Mm. she definitely Mm. played with color and do you remember when she had her arms out and also that was a big scandal Mm. (laughs) um she she actually got berated quite a lot in the press for her clothing and stuff like that Mm. but I I personally always thought she looked really great and, you know. I think that maybe our, not our, but the fashion industry's bias towards Democrats Mm. allows us to kind of enjoy and give accolades and their flowers to Democrat first ladies and women of that party. Whereas um, probably they don't give as much airtime to Republican women. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just, maybe that's just kind of like what I see. I It's also TV, so difficult because a, a lot of our youth, we probably weren't as in tune as we are now. And the main Democrat we've had is like the ultimate idiot of life. <laughs> I think that... Um, Oh, you mean you Republican? No, because even yeah, like when sorry. we were really young, like we had Bill Clinton and I that know, was completely yeah. overshadowed by like Monica Lewinsky and mm. how she was Well, he like got this... impeached as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. 
Let's but even, save that for them. <laughs> I mean, in between like Obama and Joe Biden and Bill Clinton, we've had Bush and we've had a um, Trump. And I don't ever remember really people scrutinizing their fashion and being like, she's so fashion forward. And no, I, I but I also I think it's just now with social media and with the internet mm-hmm. being so instant, I think there's just a new level of not even criticism, but it's just a new platform to show people's clothing and and all like the first lady could almost have her own Instagram of like her daily outfits, almost like Holly Willoughby-esque of what she wears on this morning every day. Like there's definitely scope yeah. for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think um, first lady fashion, it, it actually really does like, it has a huge part in American politics. Um, but whilst I was doing some research, mm-hmm. um, talking about, political fashion um is where like people make political statements with their fashion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so I just thought I'd run through a few of those yeah definitely. so off the back of obviously presidents the make America great again hat been around for a long time well the slogan's been around for decades but the connotation of it being trump's slogan and Mm -hmm. wearing that hat shows Mm -hmm. um a solidarity yeah it's a marketing tool the hat and the slogan he's Mm. like don't get me wrong trump is a lot of things but he knows how to sell himself and that hat it's got to the point where if i see a man with a red hat on, even if I'm in England, I'm like, I, I, I think to myself, like, what's on the front of your hat? Yeah. <laughs> um, and don't get me wrong, like, yeah. I would kind of wear one of those hats out of irony if it didn't have such, like, negative connotations. Yeah, and um, I think we've seen people maybe, like, play on that and change up the wording yeah, a bit yeah. and have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, but that's such like it's it's such a straight away it tells you someone's allegiance and you know like no one really goes around in this country with with their party like it's it the political spectrum over here is so much more not even secret but it's much more a I think there's much more of a pendulum in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not for older people. I know people like sometimes are just die hard, whatever. But I think mm-hmm. there is much more of a swing and a pendulum of, you know what, like it depends on the person and their policies. Whereas in America, you're born mm-hmm. something and you kind mm-hmm. of stay it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like no one would really walk around the streets here with like a pro Tory or a pro Labour hat. Um, in the yeah. same way, yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, and then um, another thing I wanted to talk about is um, the banning of the burqa. So a few countries have banned mm. it from schools and mm-hmm. things like that. And France in 2010 yep. banned the burqa. And that's a very political stance on fashion. And I actually remember in in our school um there was one girl allowed to wear trousers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and 
like I guess she was like a few steps away from her family obviously weren't believing in needing to wear a burqa mm-hmm. but had she worn one I don't think any of us would have blinked twice no but then in in context for France they have France a kind of a, huge... a blanket rule of separating church and state and wearing a cross with and a things like that of like cross um religious divide mm. i think there's a reason that unfortunately france suffers a lot with terrorist attacks mm. like it's the diversity that france has and also the stance they tried to take with dividing mm. like religion and state mm-hmm. um and also look a lot of people will argue that like you're not in this country now or whatever it is but you also just have to respect people's faiths um Mm -hmm. and it's a big difference of someone being told they have to wear one and wanting to you know like Mm -hmm. a lot of women are forced burqa upon themselves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but also a lot of a lot of women believe in wearing one for the reasons of wearing one yeah it's so tricky when it comes to uh creating laws on how people treat their own bodies and what they do to their own bodies and what they put on their own bodies it's so tricky i do understand that france it i mean in trying to avoid the issue it became an issue <laughs> in a yeah. sense and and yeah it's, it's it's an impossible decision in terms of i guess it's trying to maybe not shed a spotlight on someone's belief system mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because for sure, like, A, racism exists in this world. We all know that. There's mm-hmm. been, obviously, Black Lives Matter has really emphasised that mm-hmm. it's a real problem. But also, in, like, the Muslim community, mm-hmm. there's just, like, this association with if you show outwardly, mm-hmm. then, like, you get flagged as a terrorist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, that as we were growing up, that was major because it was, like, war in Iraq, yeah. 9-11, all and, of that. Uh, look, I've worked with people who weren't racist but definitely did associate, oh, if somebody looks a bit like something, I might be inclined to get off my bus. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that is racial stereotyping and there's mm-hmm. an element of racism in that. But it's also, like, this thing of we have to stop identifying like the two as the same. Mm, so I, mm, I actually mm. reckon that was probably France's mission mm, was to mm-hmm. di- like not do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, um, I guess religion and politics are very different, but people show their beliefs with also the way they dress like Jewish people will wear either a yarmulke or if you're, yeah. So if you're an Orthodox Jew, like you totally have a uniform. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, in um, American US Congress, there is Ilhan Omar, and I believe, yeah, I believe she wears a headscarf and she is Muslim. Yeah. And so, yeah, that is definitely another thing where fashion meets politics in that sense. That we talked a lot about like the style that these various women wear on special occasions and for state events and things. But the designer that you choose to wear is a political statement. So, for example, this inauguration, we saw Michelle Obama wear um, 
an African-American designer called Sergio Hudson. Kamala Harris also wore Sergio Hudson, Christopher John Rogers, who's also uh, another African-American designer. And she wore a Pierre Moss coat and he is like African-American Haitian. Um, I think that was the night before the inauguration. So, and when I say go out of your way, because they are not like the Chanel's and the Gucci's Mm -hmm. of the world, you have to make a conscious decision that like, I'm going to choose these independent, fairly small designers or brands to wear for the biggest event of my life. And that says something in itself. Oh, that's a huge Um, political statement mm -hmm. because those names aren't on the top of your lips and like it is it in fashion it's a real shame that there's kind of like maybe what I'm ballparking 20 fashion houses that like everybody in the world probably knows even if they're not in tune with fashion and then kind Mm -hmm. of of course there's maybe like a core group maybe like Everyone knows the Dolce and Gabbana of Versace. Yeah, Everyone and then knows, maybe like, if you're in tune down. with fashion, you then would know like a Sharia Pelli mm-hmm. and you would know like, um, but like you would know kind of the subgroups. And then there's there's just, there's so many fashion houses out there. Mm. And you really have to be like a, a fashion girl yeah. to know a Pierre Moss or like and I think Christopher John real, Rogers. I think that's a real statement. A, because like the world is making history with this. I think this is the the difficult thing that America is kind of like the leader of the free world, however frustrating that might be. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that phrase. But like, but no, but like, you know, like they kind of just, they're such a big economy that they have such an influence. And so them being an example for the rest of the world. So it's such an important thing, I think, to really highlight what an important thing it is for yeah like you're representing to to represent a a not well-known designer and shed light on black fashion which is for sure something that needs to be like brought to the forefront how many fashion houses are french italian like Mm -hmm. they're white Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. yes we have some japanese designers who are kind Mm -hmm. of up there too but there needs to be more diversity in our like big fashion houses. So I think mm. that's really cool that they've done that. And also even in terms of not doing that, but like say that you you chose like a Jean-Paul Gaultier or um, imagine someone choosing the likes of a John Galliano who's mm. super controversial. Mm. Like, I don't know how that would be received. And obviously I'm sure there'd be enough people to make sure that doesn't happen. But mm. like he could have a stellar dress. that's like beautiful. And to be honest, should it matter what that person's politics is, who designed it, but it is important in yeah, these you've situations. Raised, you've raised a good point in that it's very easy for us to read into things that yeah. aren't there to be read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, because she's worn that, does that mean she's anti-Semitic? Mm. And it's just like, well, it's not even confirmed that he is. Mm. And like, there were whispers about that, about Carl at points. Does yeah. that mean like anyone who's worn Chanel has a solidarity with the Holocaust? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it's even when we talk about... Sometimes it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when we talk about the fact that Kamala Harris and uh, Dr. Biden wore purple, it's mm-hmm. like, are they bringing together the Democrats and the Republicans? Because together it makes purple. And I know that purple is can be seen as 
uh, and the measurement of the two colours. But purple is also historically a very regal, expensive colour. So that could be it. Who knows? It could just be a nice colour. Or you know what? Exactly. Maybe she's been colour charted and that's on her colour chart color. you know <laughs> oh my god that's the most 90s thing I've heard I remember you say. my mum telling me like oh like this is like apparently in my colour palette and I'm yeah, like I think my mum had that as well <laughs> yeah colour charts for all the rage but you know what some colours don't suit me but <laughs> yeah we live and learn <laughs> yeah yeah do you have any more on your list of things that are political and fashion so, related a lot of sort of celebrities have either like shown solidarity to the Black Lives Matter movements with T-shirts and stuff like that. But also, oh yeah, like um, the Dior lady, what's her name? Yeah, Maria Churi. Yeah, and so like there's there's that kind of a political statement where people would maybe have "I can't breathe" or that kind mm. of a thing on their T-shirt, but also just like. I think it was Nicki Minaj and Amber Rose who showed up at like the VMAs Mm -hmm. wearing just these like, I think one was in a tight dress and one was in a cat suit with just words of like ugly words they've been called like whores. God, yes. Back when they were like friends and they were, it was a tight, yes, I remember that. It was quite post Kanye with Amber Rose, very close Mm. after that. But like, and they did, and you know what? Like, when I saw that photo, I was like, you know what? I remember them really being objectified about a like just their like the fact that they've got curves and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and like it's unacceptable to first of all like just because you I get annoyed at this because I haven't got massive boobs, but like I've got a chest, mm-hmm. and I find it really difficult that if I wore a certain top and someone who was flat chested wore that top. I would be sexualized so much more over it. And I mm-hmm. really find that frustrating. And I think it works both ways though. For sure, for sure. Mm. But like, it's kind of like, you know, certain things are deemed like more sexual than others. So like a big bum has mm-hmm. like a sexuality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, but that's someone's just figure. You yeah, know, yeah, like they have not choose they it. Have, yeah. Like, yeah, I think Nicki Minaj might have had some work, but. I might, might. I don't know. I don't know. What she, I know she's touched a lot, but I don't know if she's touched her butt. Nikki Black China. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like, there's like that. Just because their figure is a certain way doesn't mean it's there to be objectified. Yeah, because some people will put them on a pedestal for how they look, and well, other people maybe will put them down for the same looks thing. That way, and they exactly. needed a role model. It wasn't until like Kim Kardashian came along that there was even a role model that had, and like, even Kim's is fake. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, there's like there's been a lot of those kinds of fashion movements where people are trying to make a statement with mm-hmm. like those sorts of slogans. Being objectified. Or, oh, it yeah. was the Amber Rose slut walk. That was it. Oh. Do you not remember the slut walk? I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Amber Rose follower. <laughs> so, okay. So you mentioned that she came on the red carpet with Black China and yeah. they wore the cat suit and it had all those. Was like... it Black China, not Cardi B? It was Black China. This was before Cardi B. What did you say? You said Black China. I thought you didn't I say thought, Cardi B. I think I said Cardi B, but I meant Black China. I don't Black think China. you did. Oh, I hope I didn't. No, yeah, I don't think you did. 
Um, and then after that, Amber Rose, I think for a couple years, put on this festival, March, festival slash March, and it was called the Slut Walk. And you could okay. turn up how you wanted and they had placards saying, you know, my body, my choice and that sort of yeah. sentiment. A short yeah. skirt doesn't mean touch me yeah <laughs> it was definitely that sort of thing so um yeah I remember that wow thanks for bringing that up I forgot about that but like there's definitely been these activist moments with with fashion and I think like every now and then like and I've said it before that people always like used to tell me oh you're just coloring in with your career and I'm just like fashion's really powerful mm-hmm. like there's some really I mean wasn't it even like Louis Vuitton in their previous season had vote as the t-shirt of one of their first looks like that's a political statement made in fashion they go hand in hand yeah and it's really important to kind of like the fashion industry is a huge like vessel for translating stuff like that yeah I mean we've seen um Kamala Harris very soon after um winning the vote she was on the cover of Vogue and I in preparation for this episode, read that both Amanda Gorman, the poet laureate, yeah. and Ella Emhoff, who's Kamala Harris's stepdaughter, they've both been offered modelling contracts. Yeah. Really? I'm not surprised by um, Amanda. Like, the amount of people I saw posting about her on Instagram, mm-hmm. and not just because she is a beautiful girl, because she is, and the fact that she looked great, but it was what she stood for. And I just yeah, think poem. like we're, we're going into a world and especially with the way that the world is, we need more than like pretty role models. <laughs> like I think we're all kind of sick and tired of beauty being the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and sh- you know what? Like I think we'd all be, I mean, let's hope she has good policies, but she mentioned that she might want to run for president one day. And Ella like Emhoff. No, Amanda. <gasps> really? Yeah. And like yeah. that would yeah, be great. That yeah. would be great. And yeah. like I think she was making the point that she lives in a world now where she's allowed to dream of that. Mm. And mm-hmm. like long may that continue. Yeah, um, for sure. And yeah, I think you know, it's kind of like I saw a video. This is a bit of a sidetrack. Do you remember like the beautiful villain or um felon like yes. the hot felon or whatever he was called yeah and he yeah, was talking yeah. about how like this mugshot that the police posted mm. really randomly like changed his life yeah and you know like that's that's what these platforms can do that like hey like this poet laureate I don't know how much traction she had before this but mm. that her speaking there has changed her life yeah and even that guy who really stood up to the capital um I mean, they were like the the, the security like, the, the uh, security are, guy. Yeah, first yeah. of all, I think we should give a special mention to him. Oh yeah. First of all, he looked <laughs> so good. Once he got that promotion. Everyone, oh my god, like, his, his coat. And... He had like this wool, beautiful wool camel coat, and I don't even know if his gar- scarf was branded, but it I looked it expensive. Gucci. I think it was Gucci. Yeah. And I was like, this guy looks like a stud that was his moment as much as it was joe's moment this was his (laughs) and so this was their policeman who was 
one of the few I don't want to like cuss the policeman in the capital but he was one of the few pictured to be really standing up to the rebels in the capital two weeks prior to the inauguration when there was that stampede on the capital and so his reward for that was to be the security detail for Kamala Harris or for both of them I don't know if it was just one or the other I think it was just for one but he looked sensational Mm. Like we actually, dedicate like, this episode to you. <laughs> he looked a he because I didn't know to begin with, and I was like, "Who's this really handsome man like sticking around, Kamala?" And I knew it wasn't mm. her fella. Yeah, and I was just like, "He looks like because he looked really good for security. Like normally, like security personnel just kind of have like a black outfit on to not Actually, stand yes. out. Do you remember um, Kylie Jenner's personal security guard back in the day? He was kind of good looking as well. <laughs> he was really handsome. <laughs> I remember there'd be like probably rumours about him yeah. and like one of the sisters. But he looked so smart. And I just remember like when they first, because I watched the inauguration and when they first turned up, I was like, who's this guy? I was like, he looks really well turned out yeah i mean yeah fashion is an opportunity for people to put like their best foot forward he he cemented himself hey i hope he gets some some good work out of that because he was yeah handsome Mm. i'm gonna stop being flustered by this man (laughs) (laughs) what would you wear oh my god mr big mr (laughs) pm or whatever and you become Um, first lady or let hey First of all, you could also be PM in this country for sure. I'm in any wearing country. those boots that Michelle Obama wore on her book tour. <laughs> those holographic ones that go right up and go right up. But so would nice. there be a designer you would reach for or like um, what, what would be okay. your aesthetic? Like, okay, an inauguration tour of day look, what would you go okay. for? I think if I were to become the PM I think I would probably wear a trouser suit but then I would want like I really loved the bird brooch of Lady Gaga Mm -hmm. so I would think I would lead with a brooch aesthetic you know um I'm definitely going for a monochrome outfit because I just think you know um to me it would be more about like the accessories Mm -hmm. those things you can just like put on in the morning they're really easy I love a statement earring that would be me that's the outfit that I'm going for what are you oh and then I might like I might go for um when I'm you know taking my position as prime minister I might go for a Max Mara coat like a big (gasps) one to go over my suit in maybe in a color I'd go for a color not a camel that's basic you know, because got any got any pay pay grade <laughs> pay now? Grade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What about you? I don't know. So part of me thinks of like, you know, those coats that kind of look like a dress, and you can't see what you're wearing underneath. Like mm-hmm. whatever, like something super simple like that, kind of with a fitted. I wouldn't want it to like flare out. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm, okay, I'm really sorry to. I think the designer I think I'd go for maybe like a like a McQueen because they yes, do a great the tailoring suit. is sensational. Yeah, but it's also like it's got a, a bit, bit of an edge forward. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, oh, go ahead. I hate that you've stolen McQueen. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I maybe I I don't really know designer, but I think 
for a fail safe I would maybe kind of go for something a bit like that and like you said I think brooches or even just a statement shoe I kind of really like like the idea of like quite a classic looking sort of uh coat dress Mm -hmm. and then like some snazzy shoes because Mm. you know like they don't always like pan like the whole body yeah like we know they're there Mm. um so maybe something a bit like that would be my vibe. Do you know a shoe designer that you have your eye on for your inauguration? For my inauguration? I don't know that I do. It would maybe be like, I don't know, say if I... I don't even know colours, but it would be like having like a punchy red shoe or like, you know, okay. something a bit yeah. like that. Yeah. Just as a little pop of colour for something or like from like if it was like a baby blue outfit it would be like a bright cobalt blue shoe I don't know um oh I like that you do the color clash yeah it's like a color clash but with the shoe um one thing I would make sure and this was some of my problems with Theresa May's outfits because she was quite she loved her fashion and she loved a big accessory she loved a statement necklace Mm -hmm, yeah but her the the color of her tights stress me out she's a pale lady okay oh my yes, god I need to google this because I, I do like to fake tights. tan from time to time but I really struggle with skin color tights in general I don't know how I feel about them but they definitely made her look older than her legs look like an old lady's legs you know um so I, if I had to wear skin color tights over black I would make sure either that they're like such a thin denier or the right color for me um because they kind of made her just look I think they were a bit thick I don't know oh do you see I don't know maybe I'd wear like a hat with a little bit of like a like or like fascinator vibes or something I I wouldn't do a hat I I think I think I'm turning up to a royal wedding at this stage Um, (laughs) who are you how old are you (laughs) but you know what I definitely would be bold with my makeup I definitely would rock a red lip from time okay. to time. I yeah. think that's oh, yeah. important. Yeah. You know, that's not for prostitutes. Like, you know, how they always like to... <laughs> oh, you don't see that colour every day. No, a red lip is a solid makeup choice. Um, yeah, I think mm. I'd be quite playful in that. Maybe calmer with my clothes and more playful with the accessories. Yeah, I, think that's I like it. That will be the platform <laughs> we are making our political campaign on red lips for politicians <laughs> i'd probably have it all over my teeth in the middle of a speech <laughs> uh, oh, you got anything else you want to add scarlet no but i actually really have a lot of time for political fashion i got really lost in looking at the looks of first ladies mm-hmm. Like bless Theresa May. I mean, Maggie had some some great little suits and stuff like that too. Um, yeah, I th- and it's actually really important. I didn't really recognize at the time mm-hmm. how important fashion actually goes hand in hand. Like we really study what the first lady looks in like in particular. We really look at that. So yeah, um, as I said, I think. That particularly in the UK, we have that culture of the royal family. Yeah, and for hundreds of years, um, the the flower that is embroidered on your wedding dress and the color that you wear and the symbols give nods to different parts of the world. I mean, it's really taken into consideration to like a minute level. 
Mm-hmm. And so there's no reason why that doesn't like filter through into politics. Um, and that's just what we're seeing, what we have seen, and we will probably continue to see. But yeah, and I definitely think it's going to filter into celebrities more. I think, I think long gone are the days of celebrities either being an actress or a singer or whatever, and just keeping silent on their views. I think now that there's a real culture of, you know what, Ooh. I'm not going to sit and just watch these things happen. I that think we might see much more good, expression with that. That's such a good topic. We can probably do about, you know, um, yes. voting with your money when it comes to fashion and clothing yeah, and things like that. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, guys, that's the end of our podcast um thanks again for listening we hope you really enjoyed this we're going to be posting all like we have a hundred images of things (laughs) (laughs) that we'll be sharing to kind of continue the conversation um but again thanks for listening to style over substance i've been mim and i've been scarlet see you next week guys deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.